I really want us this morning, I've, I've been praying quite a while. I don't, I have, I've kind of pretty much stopped watching the news. Um, it's just something that God has laid me in. It's not like I'm living like a, you know, like an ostrich with my head in the sand. I know it's bad. All I got to do is listen to people. I can go help anywhere I go. I could, I get news all the time and I find out who, who likes what's going on, who hates what's going on. There's all types of stuff. I think our country is somewhat divided. There's no doubt about that. But the one thing I know we're supposed to do, regardless of whether you like our commander in chief, our president, whether you hate him, whatever that looks like, the Bible says we're to pray. For those in authority over us. And that's what 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 uh, it says, I urge you, Paul talking to his, his young pastor, he said, I urge you, first of all, that petition, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And it says, for kings and all those in authority over us. And uh, that we may live, what? The reason we do this? That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And it says this is good and pleases God. If we do this, it pleases uh, God our Savior who wants all people to be saved. So it gives us the opportunity and the ability to be able to share his good news. To share the kingdom. To promote the kingdom. And uh, to help people come to the knowledge of the truth that God loves them. Because there are a lot of people... In this, right here in Brunswick, Georgia, living right now with the impression somehow that God hates them. Because of either what they've done or what's been done to them, or because of what's going on in our country. And they're thinking, well, God's abandoned. This morning, can I, I just want to before, if you bow your heads, I just want to agree with you in prayer. Lord, we just lift up right now our President Donald Trump. We thank you that, Lord, you speak to him, Lord, either directly or through those who are around him. We thank you, Lord, for guiding his steps. We thank you for guiding his heart. We thank you, Lord God, that you're the one that placed him in office. You said in your word that you raise up leaders. And so, Lord, we pray for him. We thank you right now that, Lord, you would. Lord, you said the the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for moving and directing him. Lord, we thank you for, for Brian Kemp. We thank you, Lord, for all those who are over this state. Lord, over this this city, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for blessing. Lord, those you placed over us, Lord, we thank you for moving on each one. Lord God, you would give them ears to hear what you're saying. Lord, I thank you for giving them hearts to obey. That, Lord, they would be God-pleasers and not men-pleasers. And that, Lord, you would move on them. We thank you for doing a mighty work in this nation so that we can take and spread your word. We can share your grace, your truth, and your love with everybody we come in contact with. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Something we need to remember, praise God. Well, we're, we're moving on in our series, An Attitude of Gratitude. And uh, it is an attitude. <laughs> Anybody know people that cop tudes real quick? Is what, what we like to say, they'll cop an attitude in a hurry. Um, you know, I remember when I was younger, and I'd be involved in something, and my dad would ask me to go do something, and and... More, more. it was more my mom than my dad. My mom would ask me first. She'd say, Mark, I need you to go do this. And I'm like, mm, mm, mm. Like, I want to do what I want to do. You want me to do this? And then when dad asked me, it wasn't much of two. It was like, I'd do it, but like, mm, okay. You said so. I'll, 
I, I, I think I want to do that now. I don't know what, what changed. Might have been the sound of the voice, but I finally desired, I'm going to go do that for you. Um, but we're, this is a thing where we develop this thing. It's an attitude. Of gra- gratitude does not, because of our fallen nature, it doesn't come naturally. We naturally tend to gravitate towards lower things. And so what happens is when we get born again, we get a new nature. We get God's nature. Jesus comes in and changes things inside, and we begin to operate out of that, but we still have this flesh nature that wants to do what it wants to do, and we have this battle that goes on inside of us. And so gratitude is something we got to build. It's something we got to operate. It's like a muscle. we got to work it. And uh, this is what gratitude is. Um, gratitude is the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Now, a lot of people think gratitude is the same thing as Thanksgiving, and they're similar, but there's difference in this. Many times when we say thank you, we've received something. Somebody's done something for us, and we say, hey, thank you, hey, thank you, whether they blessed us with their time, whether they blessed us with their talents, whether they blessed us, we, we say thank you. Gratitude is something that builds inside. Gratitude comes from the heart where you're just naturally like, I don't deserve what I have, but Lord, by your grace and mercy, what you've done, it's an attitude that comes out from the inside. And so that's where it's got to be developed. It's a heart issue. It's a heart condition. And so we've looked at these things in the last couple of, of, of weeks. And this is a scripture we've been looking at, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And it says this, Paul writing to the church of Philippi said, don't worry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. <laughs> because we have a natural tendency to worry. <laughs> we, we got these things, you know, something comes up, whoa, you know. <laughs> When Paul says, don't worry, how many of you know if you ever run into your family and say, hey, mom, I got something to tell you, but don't worry. You know what happens. Uh, well, okay, just tell me, just tell me, because you know there's a reason to worry. And so Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Tell God what you need. Why? Because he already knows, but he wants to hear from you. It's kind of like if you needed some from your parents. Like, like remember, remember when you were younger and you wanted money to go out to eat or wanted to go to the movies with your friends? You didn't go and stare at your mom and dad like, mm. you know, give them the sad face. Like, you would go and say, hey, whichever one was more generous, and we know the easy one. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know which parent you went to. Whether it was mom or dad, you'd be like, oh yeah, mom, she's a, dad, he's a pushover. Whichever one, you'd go and say, hey, you wouldn't go stare at him, you'd say, hey, hey, hey. Everybody's going to the movies. First you start out, so you put, everybody's going. You, you reckon I could get a little money so I could be like everybody and go with them? And you'd work on them, and so you, you would, you would tell them what you needed. Same thing with God. Say, hey, God. Hey, Father. Look, I need some things in my life. And so it says, tell him what you need and thank him for what he's already done. And what happens when you do that? Then you will experience God's peace. That what? That exceeds anything we can understand. You mean 
I can have that peace that I don't even understand why I got peace. Like I shouldn't have peace because I got all these things to worry about. But because I've prayed, because I've told God and I've asked him what I needed, and I've just begun to thank him, all of a sudden this peace comes on me and exceeds anything I understand. It says, his peace will guard your hearts, the core of your being, and they're different. Your heart and your minds are different. Your mind is your mind, your will, your emotions. Is what It's your emotions. It's where things, where you do all your thinking and rationalizing. And it tells you why you should panic and why you should be worried. Your heart is the thing, the core of your being that says, you know when things are wrong, but you also, it's the place where you know where things are right because of God. And it says, guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. So that's what we're looking at. And this morning we talked about growing in gratitude, what gratitude is. This morning... I want to look at what one of the main things we need to be grateful for, this heart thing, and that is I want us to learn about being grateful for families. That's what we want to do. We want to be grateful for family. That's one of the number one things when I'd ask young people. I, it, it didn't matter where they were at. didn't matter if they knew Jesus or not Jesus. I'd ask that question. Hey, what are you grateful for? All of family. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for family. I think they were grateful for all that they had provided and, and so that, that might encourage some of you parents that maybe have never heard that. They, they did that. They did, they did. You know how sometimes you think they're so good for other people. Why are they, you know, people brag on your kids to you and go, man, they're so wonderful. You're like, really? My, my son? My daughter? What? I want, you go, yes, them. You go, praise God. Thank you, Lord. So we want to look at this family and we talk about family. I've got to break this down for just a moment because when we think of family, it's not just our physical family. Like you operate in family relations with a number of people. Like right now, according to the, uh, according to what Jesus done, we're all part of a spiritual family. We're all part of eternal family. Like, like, I don't know if you know it or not, but you can't get rid of me. <laughs> I'm going to be with you forever, ever. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to tell you. Hey, and by the way, you can't get rid of the person next to you. They're going to be with you forever. It's like, woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> See, there's eternal family and there's physical family. There's families we're born into, and then there's family, the family we're reborn into, where we're born again into a new family. And so both of those are vital because in the family, it's where we first learn how to do life together. It's where we learn our likes and dislikes. We learn our strengths and our weaknesses. And many times our family are the places where we really learn our weaknesses. And if you got siblings, <laughs> you really learn your weaknesses. <laughs> and then you go to middle school, and then they confirm all your weaknesses. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you, you struggle. But, but God in his grace and mercy, as we look at this, and this thing about being grateful for and what that looks like, I believe that God's going to bless you this morning where you walk out of here. You just want to call or text and go, I just, I love my family. I just love my family. I don't know why I just love them. And so the first thing I want to go over is three things that are always partnered with gratitude. Three things that are always partnered with gratitude. The first one is this. You'll always see these three together in Scripture. Gratitude and grace always go together. And the reason that is, is grace gives us what we don't deserve. How many know you're always excited when you get something you didn't deserve? (laughs) 
That's what we're fixing to celebrate in another month. All the kids, you know, hey, they start getting this stuff. You know, grandma's going to get them some socks. It's beautiful. Some they knitted even maybe. I don't know. Crocheted. They're going to get things that you're going to get things you didn't work for. You didn't earn. You didn't deserve. You're like, wow, you, this, this grace is what we get from God when we don't deserve it. It's nothing. There's no part of God's life. Where I can sit here and celebrate going, I'm so good. Man, God, yeah, I'm just so good. You, you just are, you're, you're, you're blessed to have me. <laughs> it's one of those things like, God, you're so good. I'm so thankful and grateful for what you've done. So these two always, gratitude and grace, always go together. In 1 Corinthians 1, 4, it says it this way. I always, Paul, was always thanking the people, the, the people, the churches, you know, let, for those who may not be aware, when you read in the Bible, Romans, Corinthians, Philippians, Ephesians, uh, Colossians, all of these are churches that he started on his missionary journeys, and he wrote letters back to them. He, he went to jail, and he was even thankful there, but he was thankful because it gave him time to write letters back to them. And so uh, he would write, he'd always say, I thank God for you. I'm always, I always thank my God for you. And I always thank my God for you. I'm, you don't know how much you get prayed for every day. Every week, day after day, week after week, I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for those that you brought here to make a difference in Brunswick, Georgia. Those who are connecting here to transform this city. That's what we're called to do. And it says, I give, thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. He gives that out. He, he freely gives. The second thing is that's always partnered with grace is giving. It's always out of a grateful heart. You know, when you're giving stuff, you just feel good. Like, I, I just, I just want to go give to somebody else. I, I just want to bless somebody. I don't know why. It's usually after you've been blessed, and that's where it comes from God. God gives us His grace. That's what John 3.16 is all about. That's one of the most, it's a paramount, it's something you need to know that it's only by God's grace that He's given us His Son. John 3.16, we're very familiar with it, but we can't ever, ever, ever leave that scripture. We can't ever get out of the place where it's God loved us. God loved the world so much. And the reason I picked this particular translation is I know King James and New King James, for God so loved the world. But it really is for God loved the world so much. And the world meaning those who are far away from him. We always think that somehow God loves me because I came and gave my life to him. Now he loves me. Before you ever even thought about God, before you even showed up on this planet, he was already demonstrating his love. Romans 5, 8. He demonstrated his love that while we were still sinners, doing our own thing, he loved us. God loved the world so much that he gave. It was in his heart. He just loved, I just love y'all so much. I want to give you the best I have. My only son as full payment for our sin. That's a, that's a, that boggles my mind that somebody would love me so much that they would die for the wrong things I did instead of me having to do that. His only son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost but have eternal life. He does not want that. It's for every one of us. Also in Colossians 3.17, it says that whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. It's the vehicle. Giving is the vehicle in which gratitude demonstrates itself. 
In other words, I can have a grateful heart, but if I don't put action to it, it's just a grateful heart. And I'm just sitting here enjoying myself going, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful. If I don't demonstrate that giving is the vehicle in which we actually demonstrate the gratitude God's given us. So, uh, that giving thanks to God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the third partner of gratitude is this. It's goodness. Gratitude and goodness always go hand in hand. And when we think of goodness, when I mention goodness, we start thinking of the good things we may or may not have done. And I want to tell you, it's never based on our goodness. Anything, the gratitude we have, it's always based on the goodness of God and the goodness of others that they've demonstrated to us. Mainly God's goodness for us. See, when we think of goodness, we think of that I get something because of how good I we Y'all, when we were this high, this high, you tell them, look now, if you're good, mommy will give you a lollipop. <laughs> mommy will give you a tree. It's like, hey, we didn't train kids to be good because it's the right thing to do. It's because, hey, I get a treat if I'm good. And then you show up at church and go, hey, God just wants to give you something because you're bad. It's like, what? <laughs> I was bad and God's giving me something good? <laughs> That's not how that's supposed to go. You know, anybody that's ever visited the principal's office, I know none of y'all ever did. <laughs> he never, I never walked in there and, or excuse me, some people never walked in there <laughs> and said, hey, come on, sit, sit down, let's have a little chat. I want to talk about how good you've been. <laughs> that was never the case. But God, in his goodness, he sits down and said, look, I want to share my goodness with you. I want to show you what that looks like, even when things look like they're going really bad. That's what it says in, uh, in Romans 2. In Romans 2, uh, the church at Rome, there were believers at the church of Rome that were really downing on people because of their actions and what they had done. And, and Paul begins to write, he writes in his letter to them, he says, Hey, look, I know you're really wanting to judge all these people for the bad stuff you, they've been doing, but look, you've been doing that too. You... We're just like them. So wait before you go and pass judgment. And then he goes on and says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It's always based on his, it's not his wrath. It's he's so good. You're like, man, I can't help it. I just, he's just too good to me. I don't deserve anything, but I I can't help because of how good he's been to me. I just want to keep on going towards him. So if you've ever thought that God's trying to kill you, it will be with kindness. It will be with goodness. It will be. He wants to, you to understand it's his goodness that draws us. And so I, I'm challenging you as, as my people, as his people, as us, as a family together, we need to communicate that message all over this county. That it's His goodness. Let's demonstrate that for others. It's what God intended. And again, in Romans 8, 28, very familiar passage of Scripture to many of us. It says this, And we know that in all things, everybody say all things. In all things, God works for the good. Like there's some things that... Can I share some of my sins with (laughs) y'all? There's some things that that I've, I've, I've had happen in ministry where I did not think it was good at all. And I didn't think God was being very good to me at all, at all. And I, I had a conversation with God like, 
you ain't right. <laughs> you did me wrong. <laughs> and you go, Mark, how dare you say that? I said, because God can handle that. <laughs> but I, I was, I was, we were, we were doing a, a ministry, um, sidewalk Sunday school and we were going and there were people excited. And then you know how when you do a ministry for a few years, the excitement starts to wane <laughs> and you're the one doing that. And so I'm showing up and I showed up here and nobody else showed up. And I got a truckload of, of all these toys and I got sound equipment that's got to be set up. And I'm going to the largest project in Brunswick at McIntyre Court. And there's going to be about a hundred screaming kids that are here to hear the gospel. And they're going to sit on a tarp and I'm going to share the good news of Jesus with them. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, <laughs> I'm the only one guy. Where, where are they at? Where are they at, Jesus? And it's like probably because I didn't have a cell phone to call people, but... The, also, so as I'm getting there, and I'm really, I, y'all, I'm having a pity party. I'm, I'm not thinking of the goodness of God. I'm not saying, thank you, Jesus, I get to do this. I'm like, Lord Jesus, you set me up. <laughs> you set me up. And as I get out there, I, I pull up, and, and here they come. They see the white van coming, hearts in motion. They're like, woo! And I was like, woo, they're coming. And so I, I'm like, thank you, Lord. You would not believe. Some mama stepped up and said, hey, hey, pastor, you need some help. I said, do I need help? Hey, okay, I need you to do that. I need you to take names. I need you to put the tarp out. I need you to help me to set. There was about five women that came alongside. I, I called them angels that day. I didn't even know. They, they showed up, and as a result, it was one of our best ministry experiences ever. And I, this scripture came to mind. Okay, God, <laughs> I might have made a mistake on the way out here. <laughs> Forgive me for complaining. I thought God is good all the time. Even when we don't sense it, it's his goodness. And so all things work together to those who love him and those who have been called according to his purpose. I love what it's, how it says it in the Amplified. And we know, I love this in the Amplified, it says that we know, this is what we know. How do we know this? With great confidence. Are you confident that no matter what happens, God's got your best in mind always? You know, anybody ever been disciplined by your parents and they, they make this statement? This is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> How many of you ever believe that? <laughs> Nobody believed that. It's like, but parents, are, it's going to hurt you a lot more. I was like, just be honest. Hey, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it's going to hurt me. <laughs> but it was always for our good. Matter of fact, Hebrews 12, we're not going to turn there this morning, but it says he disciplines those he loves. It's out of his goodness. He, he does that. And so it says this, we know with great confidence, I can be confident knowing that God who is deeply concerned about us, he, you, you are the only thing on his mind right now. He, he likes, his eye might be on a sparrow, but his heart is always towards you and me. It's always there. It's always there. And so... He's concerned about us because uh, causes all things to work together as a plan that I can't always see. I can't always see the plan. But God knows it, and he's working it for us for good, those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. So these three things are always, they're, they're partnered with it. You've got gratitude and grace. You've got gratitude and giving. And you've got gratitude and goodness. And this is where... I want us to look at it when it, when it pertains to our families. Because this, let's be honest, this is where we live. 
This is who we are. This is where reality, the, the, the scripture meets our life and, and where we're at. And so there's three things I, I want us to look at. There are three ways that I believe to develop an attitude of gratitude in our family. Three ways. There's, okay, there's a lot more than that, but that's where you get to later go over and, and determine. And even here, I had somebody, I've had a few people that shared recently with me that said, when you're talking, God will begin to speak to me and, and my mind will begin to run. I said, good, that's the Holy Spirit. Listen to him. Let him keep on breathing things. Breathe life into it. That's called rhema word. And so there are three ways that I've, I've looked and studied and, and to develop an attitude of gratitude in our family. Number one, number one, bar none, is we pray for our family. Now, I know this, this day that's coming up and this day we call Thanksgiving, and let me say Thanksgiving's never meant, in Scripture it's never a day. It's a lifestyle. It's never meant to be one day we celebrate. It's a lifestyle. We celebrate gratitude all year round. This is an attitude. It's inside. It comes out. So we pray for our family. Now, I know there are real things that we have in our families that, that different ones and, and different relationships we have, whether it's a, a mother, uh, mother, father, whether, I mean, a mother, son, father, son, whether it's a husband, wife. There are real things that go on in our family. And we're going to do one of two things. We're either going to vocalize and verbalize all of our complaints or we're going to say, I'm going to talk to God about this. I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to pray and I'm going to, I'm going to express when I begin to pray for people, it changes me, not them. When you begin to pray for things, I promise if you got something going on, you begin to call out to God on behalf of that, it changes you. you your attitude, your heart towards them, it begins to change and you begin to lock into, Lord, this is possible. Lord, you can do this. Lord, I'm trusting you. I can't do it. How many have ever realized you can't change anybody? All the wives in the house say amen. <laughs> My, she'd say the same thing. Praise the Lord. It takes the Holy Spirit. It takes me operating with God. Lord, I'm trusting you. I want to believe that you're moving. You're doing the work in them. Not me. It's you. That's why, that's why it's important. Here's a great way. You were given one of these. Here's a prayer request. Fill that out at some point. Say, I, I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to have other people believing God with me to change, to, to bring changes to my life, to my family. And so when we look at Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 says, we always, there again, Paul writing to the churches, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Like, there's never a time where I do not mention you in my prayers. I've got, I've got my, my immediate family, my, my children, my wife, my grandchildren. Let me tell you, they get called out all the time. God knows their name very specifically. <laughs> he knows them detailed. He knows really, and I'm like, all the time, Lord, thank you. And I begin to pray on their behalf and pray things into their life, not just praying things out of their life. Most of us, we want to pray things out of people's lives, but you can pray things into people's lives as well. And so I challenge you, prayer is a big one that we want to make sure. That's what uh, John 17, Jesus, now there's a lot of prayers mentioned a lot in the Bible. And I've shared this with you before. But there's not 
the actual prayers they prayed. It's like we're told to pray. Paul says it every time. I mention you in my prayers. I mention you in my prayers. But he doesn't say what he prayed for. There are a few times he mentioned what he prayed for. In uh, Philippians 1, he says that. But in Ephesians 1, Jesus, in John 17, he's in the garden and he begins to pray. And he specifically prays and it records his prayer. And it says this, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Like, Jesus is praying for his disciples and those, it it says later, we're not going to go all the way there, but it says those who will leave later because of the disciples. It says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Like, Jesus was praying, hey, there is a real enemy that wants to wreak havoc on our lives. There's a real enemy that wants to wreak havoc on your your children, your grandchildren, on their lives. That's why we pray. I pray things away as well as I pray things into. It says, to keep them safe from the evil one, they do not belong to this world. Have you declared that over your children? They don't belong in this world. Lord, they belong to you. Lord, they belong to you. They belong to you. Thank you, Lord. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. And then he goes on to say, make them... He, he, Father, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word. Like God can speak to them in ways you and I never could. Lord, speak to their hearts. Lord, talk to them. Show them things they do not know. Lord, let them experience just how good you are. Lord, open their heart. Expand their mind. Don't let them get limited just by what they see with their physical eyes. Open their hearts to see what you're doing and what you're saying. We get to pray that. So prayer is a key one. And here's what I encourage you to do. Here's an action step you can take. I want you to, I want you to do something with this. Here's an action step. I want you, and I'm going to do the same thing. I want you to have each family member write something down they need help with. It's as simple what it is. Or they want to see happen. And then post it somewhere in the house where it can be seen and prayed over regularly. In other words, if you're believing for something and you ask them, hey, can I believe with you for something? You post it, and then you're, every time you go by, Lord, thank you for blessing. Thank you, Lord, for, for doing that for them. Thank you, Lord, whatever it is, you begin to do that. Or you can put a text. You can send it in a text. You can send it in a Google document. We know that happens, too. You can do that. If you and I will begin to put things up, these are actions we can say, it puts me in a place and in a state of prayer. Instead of sitting there looking at them, I start looking to him for them. I start looking to him for them instead of just looking at them. Okay, number two, real quick. So we pray for our families. Number two, these are ways we can develop this attitude of gratitude. When we begin to pray, we begin to get grateful for them. We protect our families. Like, this is where, you know, where things come up and you're like, not in this house. Mm -mm 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 -mm." Like, we protect, like, you know, when when you got mamas, you know, they in a group. They got daddies, they in a group, and, and, and somebody comes up and, and they look a little bit sketchy or something. You're like, mm-mm, I don't think so. <laughs> you begin, like, hey, you, you ain't getting close. Don't, don't, mm, don't you get too close. We will begin to protect. We protect our families. That gratitude comes out, and it's very intentional. It doesn't happen accidentally. You and I, we, we look after each other. We protect each other. And we protect each other's testimony. We protect each other by, by our actions. First John 3.16. Um, uh, John's writing said, We know what real love is because, why? Jesus gave, us, gave up his life for us, 
So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. So it gives me the ability to say, hey, I'm going to give my life so that you can have life as well. Just the same way Jesus did. So it builds this gratitude. It builds this thing of I get the opportunity and the blessing to be able to give to my family. To protect them. Philippians 2, 1 and 2 says this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Anything that happened? Because, of, because I belong to Jesus and he belongs. Is there any encouragement from that? And he goes on and said, any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? And it says, are your hearts tender and compassionate? He says, good. If you got that, look at this. Then make me truly happy by what? Agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with, our, with one mind and one purpose. When we protect each other, look, in this house, in this house, this is our house. If somebody comes to me about somebody else, I will do this. I always pray first. And then in love, we will always reach out in love to somebody else. If somebody else from the outside comes and begins to talk bad about you, they better watch out. <laughs> they better watch out. Because it ain't going to be me like, hey, would you say, hey, let's sit down and talk. Let's sit down and have a conversation. And I want to protect you. That's what we do together. That's what we do with our own family. I protect. We do not, um, we don't openly rebuke. We're like, hey, there are times according to scripture that happens, but those are rare occasions. Those are rare occasions. And so when we talk about working in one mind, one accord, one purpose, I think this is a great action step. Have this what it, have each member, I think is a great one, have each member, each family member, write something down they like about their family. Write something you like about your family. And then post it so each one can see it and think about it regularly. That's how we protect our family. Instead of letting it go down, 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 down. You know, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like you. I don't like it. And you go on. Come on. You ever been in a car ride with more than two kids? Some of you had not done that yet. <laughs> go on a car ride or go on a youth trip with about, I don't know, 30 or 40 of them. <laughs> Woo! They can get real fun at times, <laughs> especially if you're on a bus and you're stuck in the snow. Woo! Tempers begin to flare. But anyhow, this is where you got to say, hey, what you do like, not what you don't like. You begin to post that and begin to see what I like about you. You'll, you'll, begin, to, you'll begin an attitude of gratitude comes up. And then the third and final one is simply this. So we, we pray for our family, we protect our family, and then we praise our family. We praise our family. Look, I know there's a time to correct, but there's, we should always praise more than we correct. We should always praise more than we correct. If you begin to, I believe you can praise somebody in the kingdom. You can pray and praise somebody right in the kingdom. You begin to, to speak life over them. Our words have power. Your words have power. You know the adage, sticks and stones may what? Break my bones, but... Yeah, how, how big of a lie is that? How big of a lie is that? Words, right now, there are people in this sanctuary that have been wounded so deep that, that there's, it, it really takes the grace of God to be able to get those out. Of course, we, we do have a, 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 a thing we're doing right now, a thing called Freedom Groups that are helping people settle their, yesterday's just a beautiful thing. You'll be hearing more about that after the first of the year, but, but our words carry power. That's what Proverbs 
The, the wisest man that ever lived, he said this, Proverbs 18, 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Like, I've got power to speak life, and I've got power to speak death. Again, James, the brother of Jesus, James 3, 9 and 10, it says this, With our tongue, James 3, 9 and 10, With the tongue we praise our Lord. Like, we sing praises to the Father, and with it we curse human beings. Like we begin to trash them, we begin to say stuff, and we begin to things uh, use our words to destroy instead of build up. Who have been made in God's likeness, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. And, and James said, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. So it's important we use our mouth more to praise somebody than it is to correct somebody. We get the power to do that. I've shared with y'all before about... My, my high school um, cross-country coach, Mr. Brown, he, he, to this day, he doesn't know, but Mr. Brown is the one that made me actually feel like I was worth something. And I had a kidney removed in my 8th and ninth grade year. I always played contact sports. I always played basketball, baseball, soccer. I was always doing that. I have a kidney removed, and all of a sudden, you can't play any of those. And I'm like, but I, I always made all-stars. I was always good. I was like, I can't do that anymore. Why well, okay. So I thought... Coach Brown said, why don't, you, uh, why don't you come out for cross country? I'm like, oh, there's a fun sport. Let's just run. <laughs> what are we going to do? Run? What else? Run? Oh, let's, I know there's one other thing. Let's run some more. And not just a little ways. Let's run, let's run long distances. Like we're going to run 10 miles instead of just two. Like we're going to warm up with two, but then we're going to run 10. I'm like, boy, doesn't that sound like fun to y'all? If it does, we'll pray for you. <laughs> it's like my wife said, I only run if somebody's chasing me. I was like, well, you better get ready. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, Coach, Brown, <laughs> Coach Brown, I went out and I, I, I was miserable. I was like, I want to compete, but this is, this is not what I want to do. I want to kick a ball at somebody. I want to dribble past somebody and make you look stupid. I want to, I want this little short guy to come around. Whoop, uh oh, he just shot that in your, no. I wanted to do that, but I was like, okay, I got to run faster. So I would run and our warm up would be 16 times around a 400 meter track. That's our warm up. <laughs> Let's go warm up 16 times. And I knew I wasn't running, but Coach Brown, he, he'd be out there. He said, let me, man, you're running, you're doing it, let I'm like, I am not. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm barely running, coach. Like, I'm miserable. Like, I could be. Y'all know anybody that's played sports, if you didn't give it your all, you're like, okay, I'm doing it. And he kept doing it every time I came around. Go, Lynn, you're doing it. I'm like, I am? I'm doing it. Okay, I'm doing it. Okay. Next time, come on. Oh, Lynn, come on. That was better. And he's got a stopwatch. I don't know if he was timing or not. I don't know. But he, but he kept saying it. And every time, dude, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Before I knew it, man, I passed the people like, oh, I'm running, man. I'm going. You keep going. Praise can get you to do things. When you start doing that, we use our mouth to praise people. We use our mouth to say, man, you're doing it. Keep doing it. If there's one thing, there's anything. That's what Philippians, and I close with this. Philippians 4.8 says it this way. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Is there anything true in your family? You can, you can just gravitate towards your, let your heart. Honorable. 
and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I'm going to tell you to take it a step further. Not just think about them, but actually express them. That's my final charge to you. I think everybody in here needs to take praise breaks. Take praise breaks. Take a praise break. And what praise break do is this. When you're in a car, when you're in the house, when you're just going about your day, take moments during the day to communicate a few things you appreciate about each other. Like, send a text for no reason. Man, you are just the most awesome, incredible wife. I just love you. And they're going to read that husband. They're going to go like, what did you do? No. <laughs> you don't mess up. They're going to go, what? No, they're going to go, I am. I, I am. I love the way you do this. Or, I, or, or to your children. To one of them. Just, just send a text. Write something. And have them do that with each other. When they begin and you begin to say, wow, I'm I'm just so thankful for you. I'm so thankful you do this so well. If it's anything, if you'll begin to do that, I promise you, an attitude of gratitude will begin to to well up. We've got to use verbal and nonverbal communication to do that. And I challenge you that that's what will make a difference. This morning, I'm going to ask you if you would, as I close... If you do me a tremendous favor, if you close your eyes and bow your head with me, the only reason I do that, it's the only way I know to get alone in a crowded room. It's not anything real. I know spiritually, you know, we can humble ourselves before the Lord, but this is really my intention. It's just to get you to think a moment without anybody watching or looking and you just, in your heart of hearts, begin to ask yourself, first and foremost, do you feel like you're a part of the family of God? Do you feel like you've excluded yourself because of what you've done, because of what's been done to you or what you've said, and, and you feel like, well, I, I can't ever be a part of God's life, Mark. You don't, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. And all I would say to you is maybe you've been focused on the wrong thing as far as where, what Christ has done and where He's been. Like He's been to the grave. He went to the grave for you. and He went to the cross first and took the beating that you and I deserve. And then he went to the grave, which you and I both deserved as well. But he didn't stay there. He came out of the grave so that you and I can walk in newness of life as well. Maybe you feel separated from the life of God, but this would be a great day to say, I want to experience the goodness of God. Mark, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? And if that's you, if you'll just raise your hand wherever you are, I'd love to pray with you and pray for you. Is there anybody say, I'm a, I feel away from God, but I just, I just want to connect with him this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. I'm connecting with you. Let's pray together, everybody that will. Father God, I recognize that there are things that I've done, things that I've said, that have separated me from your life. Lord, I choose this morning as an act of my will to surrender myself to you. Jesus, I believe that you gave your life for me, and in return, I give my life to you. Take it 
and use it how you see fit. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. That's right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask you if you would stand up with me at this time. I want you to think about some of the things we've talked about. You know, have you been praying for those in your family, not just your physical family, in this church family, in your work family, in the places where you go and the people you're involved with? That, that's important. Have you, you know, those, those things, are you protecting them and saying, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to allow anything coming in. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bless them. I'm going to continue to pour into them. And then are you praising them, using your words to build them and draw them? If you would, open your hands and receive from him this morning. Father God, I thank you for each one of these, your children. Lord, your word says, Lord, you said, that, Lord, we're to, to bless them and to put your name on them. Lord, you said as we place your name on them, you in turn would actually do the blessing. So, Father God, I, 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 right now in Jesus' name, I declare to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus' name.